Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this uh, episode of Breaking Absolutes. Um, as you always hear me say, and is always true, because I, I tend to look for musicians that um, inspire me, that are, um, I think, doing really interesting things that are worthy of deeper discussion. I'm excited today for the conversation we get to have with Nils K. Rue, lead singer for Pagan's Mind. Um, there's so much more to his career, um, so much to his vocal ability that's worth exploration. Uh, so I was, I was grateful that he agreed to come on and spend some time with us. Um, let me just say a couple of things up front. If you dig what we do by bringing on these, these really great musicians um, and, and try and dimensionalize them uh, in service of the idea that um, this music and that these musicians deserve a broader audience and that maybe through these explorations we can help facilitate that in some way, then please um, <clears throat> consider subscribing or following the channel. It just gives us the, the kind of momentum we need to um, have you know good outreach to to musicians like Niels. Um, so let me say a little bit about Niels, and then we'll get we'll bring the man on. Um, he's known, uh, I think, mostly at least most you know over the last many years for his work in Pagan's Mind, um, and that's non-trivial. There's there's a lot there uh, that we'll want to talk to him about. Uh, he has done some collaborative work. We'll, we'll speak with him about that. Um, notably, he's worked with um, Arian, who we've had on the show, uh, and who speaks fondly of him. Um, and I think that that's a, that's a calling card when a, a, a musician of the altitude of Arian wants to have your voice included on his music. It, it's, it makes a statement. Um, and uh, their, their, their album, I'm sure there are many more chart positions, but just to sort of note... Uh, or, or lead to the fact that um, their music is finding its way into uh, sort of the um, credibility that, that a chart position might suggest. Um, the Enigmatic Calling, which was released in 2005, hit 15 on the Norwegian charts. Um, I, I'm not one who believes that charts are the end-all, beat-all, but I, it's one data point that I think is worth noting. Um, so with that as set up, let me bring Nils on, and we will start our conversation. Nils, welcome. Thanks, Peter. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm it's so an, it's I, an honor. I'm pleased. I'm pleased that uh, you would um, spend some time with us. Um, before we get into all the rest of it, you know, I, I like to ask uh, folks this, but how have you sort of been weathering the the pandemic? How have you spent your time? How, how have you sort of managed the stress of it? Um, Norway hasn't been struck as hard as many other European countries. That's one thing. Oh. Uh, you know, we have a good, really good health service back here in Norway and uh, there hasn't been that many casualties. Oh, good. Uh, so the situation hasn't been too dramatic here in Norway. Um, uh, and uh, slowly things are going back to normal. Uh, as with the music thing, for myself, I, I, it hasn't been a big deal for me really. I, I just had time to 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 relax and, and think about other things, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's been a couple of years since I've been touring, anyways. So, uh, in a way, it, it it has given me. Uh, time for inspiration, really. Yeah, yeah. That's a that sentiment has been expressed by many musicians. 
Um, yeah. Obviously, we'd all love for this not to have happened, but um, many musicians have had a chance to reconnect with family and, and home yeah. life, um, yeah. you know, draw inspiration, uh, some, you know, creating new music or um, preparing to do so. Um, so good. And I'm, I'm very pleased to hear uh, that it, it hasn't been so, so exacerbated in Norway. Um, that's a good thing. Love it. For us, of course, but uh, it's been a time changer, you know, from for the whole world. So uh, yeah, we could easily uh, begin a new, uh, like when Jesus was born, year zero. This is it. Yeah, sort of. We start counting from now on again. Yeah, there's it. It has definitely. I mean, different from not to spend too much time on this, but different from previous pandemics, we mm. this one occurred in a time when um, people are able to sort of share information and mm. and um, connect. Uh, it, it happened at a time when the circumstances of life are um, different, and so yeah. from part of politicians to media to health response to you yeah. know way people can telecommute. It's been a very different. Uh, experience this time. And I think you're right. I think it's reset some things. Um, most notably, there's a lot of people who, and companies who realize they don't need to have people come into offices anymore. They can do what we're doing right now. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> so, um, all right. So let's start talking about, uh, we, I want to kind of take this journey from um, early, your early life uh, forward. Mm -hmm. So even before the music, I have to tell you, I, I when I, I didn't, I wasn't familiar with the place where you grew up as a kid. Um, mm -hmm. And you'll have to keep me honest on pronunciations, but is it, is it Flatdal? Yes, it's Flotard. Okay. Flat I, Valley. Flat Valley. Flat Valley. I, yeah. I looked up pictures of this dude. Yeah. I don't know why anybody would ever leave that place. It's so beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's, it's really beautiful. And I mean, I'm, I miss that old place. Uh, my mother and my the rest of my family still lives there, and I visit them from time to time as often as I can. Yeah, and uh, you know it's it, it's great, big mountains, beautiful nature, got it all. Yeah, so, it, it looks like the kind of place everybody wants to go take a vacation because it's absolutely just so gloriously yeah. beautiful. Yeah, um, it is. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, that's a. I mean, I'm sure that there's a lot of beautiful places um in your country but um as a, having that as your backyard as a kid must have been pretty cool <laughs> you know uh, you probably heard about Jorn Lander yeah he's sort of uh from the same area in Norway as me and uh we didn't realize it but we were playing together when we were kids uh because our mothers were friends wow and uh yeah and, and and he was talking to me uh, like for the first time 20 years ago about his inspiration, uh, about his the inspiration he got from going around in the woods in our area and in hiking in the mountains and everything, you know? And, and that was the sort of the same place that I found my inspiration for uh, all the pagan stuff and- uh, <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. That makes sense that there'd be some inspiration there. Um, Absolutely. It also so, suggests that um, if you want to be a great singer, you need to move to Norway. <laughs> that's true. 
and you had to drink the water in Flat Valley for a third. <laughs> oh my gosh, there's a business idea right there. You should create a water yeah. line from Flat Valley. Oh yeah. my gosh, yeah. <laughs> this will make you all singers everywhere, like they're on stage with their water bottle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, something else about you that I'd love to hear just a little bit about is that, um, you know, you, obviously singing is your life, but you're also, you also do graphic design. Yeah. Yeah. It's always been my main job to be a graphic designer. Okay. Um, you've done the, the album covers for, for the I've done all records. The, yeah. I've done all the album covers. Um, I used to work in a uh, advertising agency for, I think it was like 15 years. Um, then Pagan's mind started touring and playing more and more. So I, I quit my job and I uh, started my own graphic design company. So uh, I did run that and together with Pagan's mind, it uh, it did so I, I ends could meet really. Yeah. Wow, that's really, really cool. Yeah, yeah I, that's, uh, that's really exciting. Um, I love hearing the other creative outlets um, that musicians have. Uh, mm. And so the, the, the graphic design company, is that something you're able to continue to maintain or are you too busy now yeah. with Pagan's Mind? No, uh, I still do graphics. Uh, the funny thing, I, I um, especially after I was uh, participating in The Voice Norway, I got in touch with uh, a lot of the uh, headmen in the Norwegian uh, show business. So uh, I got a lot of uh, promotional work oh, from great. those guys. So after that's been rolling, but of course, since the pandemic hit in, it's been uh, low on jobs there as well, but it's beginning to, yeah. to get going again. That's really cool. Yeah, and we're going to talk about um, some of the stuff on The Voice later in the mm -hmm. show. Um, that's really cool. Um, the last thing that, uh, well, not the last thing, the next thing that I want to ask about, um, just a, at a high level and not, not to pry, but you're, you're, you're a father. You have some children. I am. And, I have two kids. And my, my question there is, um, it, I, I'm always interested to hear if that experience of being a dad um, informs at all how you think about music, whether it's lyrical content or the emotional sort of quotient that you invest in, in what you do. Is um, I know that there's some some artists separate those things for certain mm -hmm. reasons, but other artists use it as inspiration. I'm wondering how it goes for you. Well, um, one thing that I always uh, has been inspired by is the great question questions in life you the universe why are we here the meaning of life all those things over and over again typical subjects yeah. for th thinkers like me um and through all the albums of pagan's mind and also the side projects i've done that's that's been my main thing to write about life on other planets uh, why are we here is there a god blah 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 and uh, my last record with Pegasus Mind was uh, Heavenly Ecstasy in 2011. And my son was born that same very year. Yeah. So what happens when you become a father? You kind of stop 
searching for the, uh, the big answers of your existence because it all gets fulfilled when you get children. <laughs> yeah, that's strange. It's like an empty hole that, that's just being filled. So uh, inspiration for writing music. Uh, I don't know. Um, I tend that the new the new music I'm writing for the new the up and coming Pegasus album is uh, is slightly different. It's, it's it's not those topics anymore. Yeah. Oh, that's really intriguing. Um... Well, yeah. I, I having kids is just it, it is the meaning of love, life. It's it's bringing life on. It's 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 why we are here. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's you bringing can... bringing life, going into cycles over and over again. And that's the whole thing. Yeah, it's interesting. You anticipated perfectly because uh, my very next question, I I had made a note that you had this um, for some of your life. You'd had these this pursuit of some of these grand questions and this phenomena. That's um, very true. And. Um, but I also wanted to ask about children because I'm a dad too. And, and I think I've said this even before on the program, but um, I, I've been, have had the good fortune of being in the delivery room. And um, when my first child was born, my daughter, something, mm -hmm. something very physiological happened. Um, mm -hmm. The minute I saw her, um, my life was different, like really different, not just, you know, it wasn't just a, a high mindedness about being a dad, like, I, I felt like a, a different enlarged person a mm. and at the very least that I needed to live towards, you know, being, being, you know, being that kind of person. So I, I understand what you're saying there. I think it's, um, I think you're, I don't know that that, if that's everybody's experience, but a lot of people I talk to have this sort of this, they grow towards this feeling and um, um, it is, but, but, you know, being a being steward over a, a life is a big deal, um, and you start to see you, that starts to become such a priority and focus. You know, yeah. other things seem less important. All I can say is amen to that, Peter. Um, I was there in the de delivery room yeah. with both my kids, my my son and my daughter too. And what you're describing is exactly the same thing I experienced. Um, People who unfortunately don't have the chance to, to, to become parents, they can never understand this really. Um, it's such a gift and my whole uh, attitude and everything changed in the second I knew I was a father. And okay, let me, let me just, um, Taking a surf time. I'm I'm not afraid of things in, anymore. I'm not afraid of dying. I'm not afraid of uh, economical ruin. Everything is about keeping my children safe. So it's French. It's in our DNA. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, uh, amen to that. I I agree a hundred percent with what you just said. Um. Okay, so let's let's start the musical journey. Um, as I yeah. understand it, your first, as a young boy, your first real introduction was with drums. You were a drummer, is that right? Yeah, in a school band. In a school band. 
So was yeah. that is that full set drums or was it like a? Um... No, it's just 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 a snare. Just a snare, yeah. Just a snare, and we were in a marching band, you know. Yeah. Playing, uh, you have that same thing in America. We do marching school bands. Yeah, I think that's right. And then you have a a drummers group of say four to five um, drummers, maybe three snares, a, a bass drum and some other rhythm instruments. So um, I started in school band when I was about 10 years old and I uh, left when I was about 20, I guess. And the last five years I was in the school band, I was a drum teacher. So I taught other kids to, to play the drums as well. So rhythm has always been a big thing in my life. Yeah, yeah. That's actually really and, good for a singer. <laughs> and another thing, uh, a big kudos to my mother who uh, sort of, uh, because I, I was a lazy kid, you know, my mother said, yeah, you, th- you should go doing some sports. No. Okay, then you should join the school band. No. Oh, yes, you will. So <laughs> you will go on playing a trombone. Oh, not at all. Okay, so the drums then. Okay. <laughs> and I'm very thankful for that because it, it, uh, it put a spark into my musical life. And, you know, the school band was, uh, was going abroad. They were, uh, we were having like tours to Italy and England. And I was able to travel with my music for the first time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. That was my start. That was your start. But, but you, um, at some point you picked up the guitar, right? Yeah, I did. Like, uh, I, I think I was uh, 11 or 12. My uh, two elderly bro- brothers, they played in a rockabilly band. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, so there were always instruments uh, laying around at home. So I picked up my, uh, my brother's bass guitar and uh, learned the boogie-woogie. And uh, after a while, I, I bought my first guitar, and uh, I'm, I'm really self-taught. Yeah. Yeah, and so you, uh, as I understand it, you you um, tried to, you wanted to form kind of a band of your own, but there weren't, uh, there wasn't a huge talent pool around. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's one thing. And the musical tastes uh, of my buddies was, was like, they were into uh Tipao and uh, the 80s pop scene, you know? Yeah. I was the only metalhead in the in the village. <laughs> <laughs> um, so everyone was saying, Nils is listening to screaming music. They only scream all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Little did they know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, you did something, though. That it's a story we hear with musicians who have the dream to sort of go and make it happen as a musician is uh, you were like 18. You left that village, that beautiful village and yeah. um, moved in order to try and. St- so what was, what was that move? Where did you go? And what, what did you have a plan? It, it wasn't too far. I was going to school, uh, graphic design studies. Okay. Um, so it was, it was only a couple of hours from home but uh uh in my family you follow traditions i i went to the 
to the army at first. And then I uh, pursued career and, and school. Yeah. And uh, I did bring my guitar and my drums and, and my voice and I, the music was always a hobby on the side. My main focus was to get an education and, and, uh, and everything. Yeah. So um, real quick on the, the military, was that something that you it would say it was a family tradition or does the country have some sort of... Um, Back in the day, you, you were obliged to serve. Okay. Yeah. I... Uh, it, it's not like that anymore in Norway. You can, uh, it's, uh, it's voluntarily. Yeah. <clears throat> but back in the day, uh, all, uh, all men say about uh, 18, 19, 20 years old had to go to the army. Yeah. Or serve in some other way. Yeah, I, but I, my both my brothers went to the army, so I had to go too. Yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, I I actually not to have a you know my opinion is I think that there's some value in that. I think it teaches a certain amount of discipline and um, very true pride. You know, in 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 the country that you you live in. So um, I I have no aversion to that. I think that's really cool. Actually, um, I'm sort of pr- proud of it because it. It, it teaches you to pick up your own own stuff and uh, yeah. be tidy and clean and uh, think about others, sort of. Yeah, no, that, that last, that's all good. I mean, yeah, I mean, especially young boys, they need to learn to be, <laughs> have, yeah. <laughs> have good uh, grooming skills. But uh, um, thinking that, that's, I really love that last point you made, thinking of others. Um, mm-hmm. it, it occurs to me that, and this is my own opinion, I think, generations recent generations are there there's so much narcissism that i think yeah. it's part of the problem um versus th- thinking outward thinking of others so that's a that's a really valuable skill um i think you know my 10 year old son is talking about i'm asking what, what do you what do you want to do with your life <laughs> <laughs> He says, "I want to be a YouTuber." <laughs> <laughs> That's what my son says. <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah. He well, he wants to be a YouTuber and a streamer. Uh, yeah. These aren't exactly the same thing. But you know, you'll never know. Uh, times is is changing, so yeah. I'm not telling him no either. I just I just tell him, have two feet to walk on. Yeah. That's good. Don't re- don't don't just rely on the one thing. Yeah, well, and and your comment about you know, I mean, when I was a kid, YouTube was not a thing, so there's nothing to suggest that YouTube's going to be here when the next generation's going looking for jobs. <laughs> That's true. You know, laptops is uh, is uh, maybe not present either. It's just some force around us. Yeah, you can tap tap in in thin air. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to think. no f- no physical uh, devices anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there there already uh, there are already some technologies they have um, where things are virtual and there's some ma- you know manual manipulation that can take place. So uh, yeah. it won't surprise me. Um, me neither. Let's uh, let's talk about your voice, my friend. Um, okay. You have um, an absolutely dynamic, powerful voice uh people who've heard 
you saying no this. So I'm not stating anything new. Um, for, for people who are watching the stream and who'll hear and, and watch this later um, that don't know Niels, I encourage you to follow the links that we'll give or look just look him up, look up Pagan's Mind. Um, what you do is really remarkable with your voice. Um, thank you, and thank so, you, Peter. And we'll get into more of it in a minute, but I wanted I want to start by you. We already kind of know that some of your mu musical background is self-taught. Is it the same with your voice, or have you done some things that are more formal in training? No, I I, I just um, I think I had like two opera lessons just just to learn breathing techniques when I was uh, twenty five years old or something. But I I really started to sing when I was uh, 16 or 17, uh, I was already playing the guitar and um, I managed to form my first band. It was called Toxic. <laughs> it was a three piece thrash metal act. And my big inspirations at the time, you know, it was Anthrax, Metallica, Creator, Slayer, all those stuff. I was really into thrash metal. Uh, and the PA system we had back in the day wasn't that good, so I had to scream my lungs out just to get heard, you know. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that really built up my voice, yeah. building up the stamina, just being able to shout really loud. Um, when I discovered my, my uh, the voice that you can say. Uh, people call my calling my signature voice. It was uh, uh, it was really back when I was uh, in the army, and I um, and I have to jump down because there was a uh, attack, and I broke one of my ribs. And when I got back home, I I was rehearsing, and it hurt like hell when I was singing from my from my chest. So I had to sing from my stomach. So my broken rib really taught me how to sing correctly because wow. when I sang uh, correctly, it didn't hurt. So then I found a whole new register in my voice. It was, it was really corny. And uh, I remember I uh, was listening a lot to Halloween back in the time, Michael Kiske and I, was riding in my car by myself and I was trying to reach those high notes all the time alone in my car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he flew past me by just to see this guy <laughs> singing uh, Eagle Fly Free and, and riding his sports car. <laughs> well, uh, so I th think developing my voice is, is really about training and training and training the stamina. Like yeah, biceps, you know. Yeah, well, that doesn't surprise me at all. I, I've I've trained, done vocal training too, and and the, I mean, you do have musculature here, and so it's necessary, just like any any, you know, sport that you yeah. train. Um, yeah. You, uh, so do you have a do you have a regimen that you keep? in order to sort of maintain this voice that can do this really athletic vocal material? I don't have to, uh, 
I don't have to take care uh, of it uh, that much uh, when I'm not out touring. Uh, well, when I was touring really hard back in 2010, 2011, it was like after week two or three, I started to lose my voice. And then more of the more, more and more of the day uh, went into warming up and, and getting my voice back together because I was waking up in the morning and it didn't work at all. It was just like nothing there and I had to build it up piece by piece first by starting doing falsetto stuff like yeah starting very lightly and then I could add layers back on and drinking a lot of water and walking the whole day and just getting back into shape yeah Uh, so on tour uh the whole day is just warming up and, and preparing for the show. Uh, while I'm home, I can go like three or four weeks really without singing anything and I can go straight in the studio and, uh, and do whatever, whatever I want really. So, yeah. yeah, you, I mean, you give some really good, because we have some musicians that follow the, the show. Um, mm-hmm. You give some good tips there. Um, uh, because I've heard other vocalists who sing athletic material use some of these techniques of, um, <coughs> excuse me, singing in falsetto, doing head mm-hmm. voice just to start placing the voice and get some vocalization going. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, hydrating. <laughs> Very true. Uh, yeah, you're, um, the things that you began to do when you're touring is all really, really practical, um, integral advice for vocalists on the road, I think. If if they're singing um, the kind of material you sing, which is you know, there, um, your voice is really unique um, tonally. There's um, it's it's a hundred percent just you. But for folks who've not heard you sing, um, there are there are vocalists who I would say are kind of in the the general's vicinity, um, like early you know early Jeff Tate with the same yeah. kind of um, richness of voice and and power and range. Um, mm-hmm. you do something though, that, that some of those guys, uh, who are in that class largely didn't do. And that's when you can get up into a, just a really, really, um, um, high register and then introduce some grit on the voice and just give it this, the, the, that classical rock scream with just a yeah. ton of power. It's not yeah. thin. It's really powerful. Um, Thank you. is that something you cultivated over time or is that just always been a facility you had with your voice? I, I really don't know what happened. I I remember I, I read I read an interview with uh, Rob Halford because I was also so intrigued by his screams. My my favorite album is Defenders of the Faith, and um, some of the screams I wondered was it falsetto? What was it? And uh, he was telling me no, it, it it wasn't a falsetto, but it's a mix of head voice and falsetto and some uh stomach voice and it was all mixed together so i was i was just trying out myself to to blend it all together and one day it it just was there this sound was just coming of its own is it was you know when you when you were learning to to ride a bicycle for the first time you know you don't 
know what really happened. You just got the balance and there you, there you were. Yeah. It was the same thing with me. It, it just happened overnight and there was my voice and I can build on that. But I, I have no explanation on how it occurred, but uh, the voice chords, it's, uh, they're layers, you know. Right. And uh, when I hit those screams, I feel that there is uh, more chords vibrating than when I use my other voices. <laughs> yeah. Sort of. Well, like a second layer of stuff coming alive. Yeah. The, yeah. You described the physical sensation really well there. Um, and yeah. I think, I think the, your your description of how you came by that technique is useful, um, e e even in its uh, even in the difficulty of articulating it because it's something that sort of happened. But the, this is what I found with voice, and I think a lot of um, uh, a lot of musicians find is as you use the instrument, whatever your instrument is, you um, the discovery process and and you know becoming more conversant with the use of your instrument opens up new things to you and it's not yeah. always because you've intentionally you know been working at it i think that's that's possible too but um yeah. i, I the, what you describe in terms of finding new registers finding um new uh, new timbers uh i've heard others say and after they've really sort of started on the path and so i think it's you know it's encouraging for um musicians who you know want to get on the path and and know there's things they want to do but um, can't find good instruction. I mean, this is yeah. this is the thing. There are a lot of vocal instructors out in the world, and there's some that are really good at, at certain things. But there's not a good replacement for simply being practicing and and learning your own voice, right? That's true. And another thing, um, classical uh, singers or classical teachers will always. Um, teach you not to wear out your voice, like sing in a manner that doesn't hurt, blah, blah, blah. Be careful with your voice. Uh, my idea, idea about that is like, you have to push the limits. You have to get hoarse and, and sore sometimes for it being able to, to build up. Yeah, yeah. To get more strength, because if you want to sing heavy metal, you, you can't, you can't sound like a kitty cat. You have to, <laughs> you must roar like a lion. Yeah. You, well, uh, that's, um, that's a really insightful thought, Nils. Um, because the, the, if don't we, listen to them, listen to me, li listen to Nils. <laughs> Nils is right. No, you, I think you are right. Um, I mean, I guess there's different paths to success as a, of course, as a of course. But what you what you said is is a very it stands to reason if you think of the analogy we were using before of of athletics, because if you're a weightlifter, you don't go in and lift the lightest weight and lift it once, you 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 increase the weight and um, you push yourself to exhaustion. Um, that's my point. Yeah, and I that's what you're doing with the voice. Uh, um, you Absolutely. Know, in order yeah. to build, so it's a good it's a push good it more, push it more push it more yeah. than you are. You're Jeff Tate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jeff Tate's not even Jeff Tate anymore. <laughs> I know, but he was, so. I, I, I love the guy to death. Um, yeah. but, but like I, for, you know, fans of, of Queen Drake, um, yeah. 
I, I you need to hear Neil sing. Um, it's he's his own singer. But if you are enamored of a vocalist that's got that that richness, has the, the just the fullness in the voice, and also can really get up and get those notes, and not and not just touch the note, but but hold the note. Um, and those are different things. Uh, there's a lot of singers who can hit a note, um, and that's and that's still good. And everything, of course, is not about the highest note, but it is one of the tools in a vocalist tool belt. And um, touching a note's one thing. Holding that note, sustaining that note, um, singing into that note, Niels can do all of that, uh, and it's really remarkable. There's a couple of examples we're going to talk about in a few minutes, um, and we'll point people to them. But um, I'm yeah, flattered. Big big fan, man. Um, thank thank you. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about some of your other um, musical history. So right. you say you're a priest fan. Um, you were oh, yeah. you started a, a band, is it a Bremsapore? Am I saying that right? <laughs> He's laughing. <laughs> How bad did I do? <laughs> um, translated uh, to English, it's it's skid marks. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a party band. But you did a bunch of covers there. You were yeah 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 yeah. It was uh, Metallica, Saxon, Iron Maiden. Yeah. We were playing at a local uh, motorcycle clubs and, and stuff back in the day. Yeah, and then, I was gigging. I was gigging as hard as I could just to to get a name, you know, and get gigs and, and be able to go out there and play. For sure, and, and you know, it's um, part of growth as a as a vocalist is, especially if you have vocal heroes, is doing their music. You know, yeah. building their technique into your own uh, approach. Yeah. So, by mentioning Bremse Spore or Skate Marks, which, <laughs> uh, you probably just read my bio. It, it's not that important with Bremse Spore. It was just one of the many cover bands I was uh, I was into back in the day. Yeah, yeah. So then you it, um, you ended up with with um, <clears throat> later uh, you you did the band Silver Spoon, which was what became Pagan's Mind. Is that accurate? That's true. Um, and Pagan's Mind actually, uh, in the Silver Spoon days, it was not always this sort of power or progressive metal earlier on. No, oh, it was uh, it's, it was more inspired by sleaze rock, glam rock. Yeah, and I had my uh, I had my um, era of that too. I was uh, I was into Hanno Rocks and, and Motley Crue and everything. Yeah, Rats, Poison, everything. I uh, I was into that for for many many years. That's that's typical me. I just changed musical direct directions, <laughs> and then it was progressive metal. So uh, Silver Spoon emerged from being a glam rock band to to be a progressive metal band. Really. Was that so a, was that? Um, I mean, I'm interested in the change there. Is it because you began to hear some of that music and it just was closer to your heart? Yeah, it, it was closer to my heart, but uh, images and words by Green really was a game changer for me. Yeah. When I when I heard that for the first time, I I I knew what I wanted to play. Yeah, that was the recipe for the music I wanted to create. Yeah, it, uh, um, that album was a seminal album for a lot of folks. Yeah, um, I'm glad it sent you on the. Not that there's a bunch of the, the bands that you just mentioned there that I I still love. Um, mm -hmm. 
but uh, I'm glad it sent you on in the direction that you went. Um, yeah. Because I, you know, the music that you're you're now making with Pagan's Mind, um, mm. it just has such a. Um, there's a complexity there. There's a certain real bravado, like you know, in the way you take the mic and and deliver a song. It's um, it's really really cool, man. Thank you. I I think I found my way with Vegas Mind. Really. Yeah, I think you did. And you guys have done. Um, well, I'm trying to count here. Is it is it five or six studio albums now all it's together? Five, it's five studio albums. Yeah, yeah. and a couple couple of live live ones too okay um and your last album is has been a little while since the, there was a new pagan's mind was 10 years ago <laughs> it was <laughs> in 2011 so <laughs> it's about time and uh i know the fans been really waiting but it's 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 coming i can assure everyone it's coming good so is there i mean it's probably way too early but did you have any sort of projected release timing it's too early to say. Yeah. We're, we're working on the songs right now, and I'm recording when I when I have time and everything. Um, it's been a, a challenge with uh, members of the band moving yeah. apart from each other. So, so we, but I, I I think we found a way which how we can work now. So uh, we started recording, and it's, it looks and sounds good. So. That's well. That's uh, encouraging. It's it, it's different from the uh, the production uh, way we have had back in the days, but uh, I think it will work out just as fine. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, there's a lot of groups that have migrated to new um, new yeah. ways of doing it. Um, yeah. Um, whatever works for the band, man. I think it's just encouraging that that uh, you guys are working on some new material. Um. Yeah. But you, but you've also been in some other groups. I wanted to just get a little bit of flavor on some of your time in a couple of the other uh, uh, bands um, mm -hmm. that I was less familiar with. Um, I don't know about my audience here, uh, but is it Idolon? Is the power metal group from C Canada? Idolon. Yeah. Is, is how where where are things with that uh, group? It's uh, nowhere now really but uh it was uh, I, I think it was back in 2005 we just uh, released the enigmatic calling when i i got an email from glenn drover yeah and uh, he presented himself yeah my name is glenn drover i i used to play guitars in king diamond and what king diamond <laughs> you know it's always been my one of my favorite acts um so and he was he was talking about if I was interested in doing an album with him and his brother Sean, and uh, yeah, let me hear some of your stuff. And I kind of liked it because it, it was thrashy but melodic approach. Um, so we did one uh, album together, which were called "The Parallel Other World" back in two thousand six, and it turned out pretty good. We also did a uh, Merciful Fate cover on that one with the original Merciful Fate guitarists doing the guitars on the level. That oh, one. that's cool. Because they were old friends of Glenn's. And then um, all of a sudden, 
Glenn got a call from Dave Mustaine, and he got he got the gig in Megadeth. And a couple of days later, again, I, I remember Sean was calling me. Hey, you know what? Glenn's got the gig in Megadeth. And two days after that, Sean got the gig in Megadeth. And you know, then they were busy. Yeah. <laughs> With Megadeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Megadeth's so thought, kind of big. <laughs> very. So they were, they were living the dream. They were living the rock star dream, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so that probably kind of effectively put an end to... Absolutely, but no problem for me. Uh, I met uh, I met the guys in uh, when we were playing the Sweden Rock Festival back in 2007. So uh, me and my uh, my buddy were hanging with uh, Glenn and Sean and, and they were staying the whole afternoon and evening and watching all these big, big bands from the stage. Everyone got backstage passes and everything. So yeah. Music got me places, really. Uh, was a fan of Megadeth when I was a youngster, too. So, yeah, yeah, but um, you know, one of the typically considered one of the, the biggest thrash metal bands, absolutely. Um, you also did some time with the group, and I'm not sure I'll pronounce this right. Is X World Five? Yeah, is that accurate? Um, That's accurate. What's your what was your tell us about that that relationship? Okay, uh, I, th I, I think it was 2007. Uh, I got an email again from Magnus Rusen. He was the ex-bass player of Hammerfall, which were uh, really big at the time. One of the greatest power metal acts in, in the world, really. Um, but he quit the band a couple of years ago, and he wanted to form a new super band. And he got Angela Rock from King Diamond on the team. It was himself. And then, then there was a drummer uh, originally from Sweden, but he was living in Los Angeles as a music pro producer. It was called Big Swede. And then the icing of the cake. Second guitarist was Reeves Gabriels from David Bowie's band. Mm. And this mix, you know, from all these different musical styles, I, I, I knew. Oh, well, I, at least I thought this will be big. And uh, Magnus already, he was a celebrity back in Sweden. You know, he was uh, always on television and uh, he had a great name. And we uh, starting to write material for our first album. And Magnus, you know, he was, uh, he was booking us for these big shows. Uh, opening um, at the Scandinavian for 50,000 people and then another indoor arena the weekend after for 25,000 people. So, you know, it was a big start. Uh, and we released our first album and it got really bad reviews and the whole balloon just inflated sort of. <laughs> so <laughs> just di disappeared overnight. Yeah. But I, I don't think the, the world was not really ready for X-World 5's music. It, was, it sounded like a uh, mix between Marilyn Manson and uh, Sex Pistols and God knows what. It was, uh, it was, uh, but there, there's some good songs on there too, as well. But, yeah. Well, I mean, there's other. But back to, but, 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 but back to Pain is Mine. I, I just did my projects and I moved on with Pain is Mine. <laughs> so you're, so all of the projects 
but you still do. Didn't you just recently do something called um, called Vlad the Impaler? Or is that been a long time now? Yeah, yeah, this is a couple of years ago. Um, was it just a guest appearance? It's no, no, no. I was I was a member of the band. Uh, the guitarist from this Norwegian glam rock act, Wigwam. I don't know if you heard about them, but uh, they won the Eurovision contest back in Norway. And I think I think it was 2013 or something. So they were big stars in Norway. And uh, Grunholter, the guitarist, he, he has been in charge for a lot of uh, rock hits back here in Norway. So he wanted to collaborate with me and I said yes. And we did the uh, uh, Dracula show with Jorn Lande did the first album with him. And then, then I was on the second. But uh, it changed name to Holter, which is, which is Trun Holter's last name. Um, yeah, and we did that for a couple of years. And um, then the pandemic struck and uh, I became a father again. And yeah, you know. It's a, I, I listened families, to some of that music. So. It's really good. Um, um, you know, and it's, yeah. you've got a, it's got a really cool aesthetic. If you, if you dial up the videos, uh, kind of leans into that. Yeah. Vlad the Impaler, um, mythos, Thanks. which is cool. Um, Thanks. The last, the last collaborative thing I, I need to ask about just because I'm going to have him back on the show next week is Arian. You sing, um, oh. on the source. I do. Yeah. I'm very proud of that. Yeah, I mean, he he really only uses the best singers. Um, it's a who's who of vocalists. That's what they say. It was uh, it was really big for me being asked to do uh, to participate in an aerial album. You know, Bruce Dickinson being there before and Tobias Salmon and whoever. Um, uh, I can't remember. Was it 2017 or 2018? I don't have the, the source. Yeah, two, 2017, and it looks like yeah, you yeah. played a character called the Prophet. That, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I did all my work back here in my own studio. I went. I never went anywhere to do it really. So, um, but yeah, a great honor, and uh, I'm very thankful to Erin for for giving me the chance. Yeah. I, um, I, I felt like I was uh, giving a, given a place in the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, sort of. <laughs> well, you you um you vocally you deserve to be there alongside you know guys like um, Tommy Karavik and Russell Allen and, and the others. Um, you know, and and I think I think he's very thoughtful about the voices he chooses, not just for ability, but for the sound for the characters they're going to inhabit. Um, yeah. So yeah, so I wanted to I wanted to call that one out because um, it's really good work. I think it's and I think it's a, as we say in America, it's a feather in your cap. It's a, it, it is um, absolutely. Um, Thanks, man. So let's talk about just a couple of other things that are that are more recent. Um, I saw you uh, do a duet of a song called "From Yesterday." Yeah. Um, it's it's I got chills, man. <laughs> thank you when i listened to that like it, it was just two great vocalists uh mm -hmm. trading and 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 getting into duet on choruses um 
tell us a little bit about that because it that was I encourage I'm going to put a link to that. I encourage people to watch it. Like if you love great, powerful voices singing anthemic music, this is it. Mm-hmm. Well, it was taken from uh, the TV show The Voice back here in Norway, and it's eight years ago. It was 2013. Is it? Yeah. So I was, uh, when I was on blind audition, for people who know the concept of the voice, you had to sing uh, before three judges who have their backs to you. And if they like what you sing, they uh, turn a button, the, uh, the chair turns around yeah. and, you f- and you face the, uh, the judge. And uh, that's when he says, like, I pick you, I want you on my team. I want you to work with you. Sort of. So that's the the concept. Anyway, um, so on my blind edition, I was doing um, uh, "Run to the Hills" by Iron Maiden, and that was quite a bold thing to do because it's not that much metal blind auditions on The Voice. Yeah. It's mostly pop. So actually, my blind audition is one of the most seen blind auditions in the world, really. So if you look it up on YouTube, it's, it's got a lot of hits. Yeah. Uh, so when I, uh, I did the blind audition, I was uh, I was on the show for the next uh, tournament, which was called the Duel, and that was the duet you're talking about. Okay. That was together with another friend of mine back here in Norway called Jan Turi Grefstal, and it's uh, a really good singer. So we then did that duel, but unfortunately, I was uh, I was not chosen to uh, <laughs> to continue in the show after that. Uh, so so I left the show back then. Well, I mean, you, I one of the things I took away from that whole thing is it, how cool it was to have uh, a metal voice represent us on the voice. Um, yeah, I'm very proud of that too. Yeah. I managed to. I, I think I uh, I helped the name of heavy metal a little bit more into the regular scene that way. Yeah, yeah, because I think that, and that's this goes back a little bit to one of the reasons I I do this show, and it, it's you know um, to break the stereotypes, and I think that yeah. people uh, who know less about the genre probably don't know the level of musicianship and the caliber of voices that are that are doing this music. And in fact, my oh. argument, not to sound um, competitive about it, but my argument is that in gen- if you look across genres of music, um, mm-hmm. in terms of like real vocal ability, you'll find more voices of, of more aptitude in metal than you will other genres where think so too. the singers aren't aren't really trying to push themselves to do anything athletic or, um, very true. Yeah. So, um, and I know that that's easy for me to say because I, I'm part of the community. Um, but I think objectively when I listen to vocalists, um, and they all have their place and it, and, and music is always subjective, but just on the basis of, of like, um, the kinds of things that a voice can do when mm-hmm. trained and, and used with, with athleticism. So kudos for, showing us well on on the voice Um, thank you peter thank you the last the last thing i uh i have a couple of just closing questions but the the last thing i want to 
just talk about is you recorded a version of Oh Holy Night. Um, yeah, I did. That is pretty stunning. Um, uh, Thank you. I, I want people to go and watch this, even though it's not Christmas time yet, because you you begin um, it begins very um, sort of mellow, very soft, uh, and mm-hmm. then it just ascends. It just grows bigger and bigger. The instrumentation comes along with it, but vocally, mm-hmm. it, um, you just it's a it's a good showcase for not just the range, but sort of the, the, the color. And um, I call it roundness. It's this fullness in, in the voice um, mm. that you possess. Um, and, of course, it gets a, it, it's a good showcase for showing your, your range. Was, was, um, how did the, the, the de- decision to do this Oh Holy Night cover come about? It was quite magical because uh, things were... Things were slow, not quite much happening. And I, I just thought, okay, maybe I should do some Christmas stuff like everyone else does. But what should I do? Uh, I know my, my, my mother was always ranting about uh, how great Holy Night is and, and everything, but I just heard the opera versions. Then I started searching on the internet and YouTube for metal versions of Oh Holy Night. And there's a lot of crazy stuff out there. Something's okay. Something's not good at all. Then all of a sudden I I stumble upon this instrumental version of Oh Holy Night. And my God, it gave me the goosebumps. Uh, It was just perfect. So I, uh, I emailed the guy who made it and asked if he wanted to put it out again with me on vocals and he's uh he's just a musical genius he uh we worked on it for a couple of days and uh he mixed my voice in and rearranged some of the parts and and mixed it over again and and really i i I think the um the result came out really good and i just filmed the whole thing with my mobile mobile phone here in my studio Oh, added wow. some effects, added some small effects like <laughs> snowflakes and stuff. <laughs> but, but, but it, and I, I still think it's one of the best thing I things I've done really vocally. So it's um, but it, but it, it it talked to me. It, it it was it was fucking holy, man. It's it just <laughs> you feel it. Yeah, you feel it when I, you when you watch it. Um, it, yeah. Thanks, man. I felt it too. It was. Uh, it was it was godlike. It was uh, this uh, this gift I have 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 been given. Yeah, I I could show it to the world. And uh... <laughs> yeah, it's a good. It's like I say, showcase. It, it's um, I think it represents um, a lot of the sort of emotional territory we described earlier. Um, very, it absolutely um. It, it showcases the versatility in your voice and it's straight. Yeah, and, and, and before we close, I, I just have to thank Danny Di Mercurio who did this instrumental version of A Holy Night. Yeah. He lives in the United yeah. States. And, uh, you know, he's a, he, he's a hobby musician. He has a total different uh, profession. I think he's an engineer or something. Okay. He's married. He, so he he's not out there touring and everything, but such a great talent. I really want to work with him again. Yeah, you should. He's, uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. If that song's any indication, you guys could do some really cool stuff together. Maybe a Christmas Christmas album. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, um, so you've you, you've let us know that there's pagan mind music in the in the going. Are are there any yes. other musical um, things that that you can talk about that are in the works, or is it is that the focus right now? Is just the next pagan mind record. Uh, a really close friend of mine uh, passed away in April, and uh, we're doing a local show here in my town where I live uh, to honor his name and uh, his favorite band was Kiss. So uh, I'm doing a uh, Kiss tribute show where I'm playing Paul Stanley. <laughs> so uh, these days we're rehearsing on that, uh, doing some Kiss songs Yeah. Uh, for, for the show 28th of August. That's cool. And the, so that'll be the first live show for me in like Two years or something yeah you, but, should, uh, uh, you should make sure that gets captured on video because i think it'd be fun to hear you sing kiss as done by nils <laughs> we were on rehearsal last night and it sounded really good it, you know it's, it's dion on drums from pegas mine okay good so uh sounds really tight so the the last question i like to ask is um is there a, a creative mountain Maybe not even creative. Is there a mountain you want to climb? And by that, I mean something you want to do in your life um, that you just haven't had time for, but you want to get to someday. It could be a creative endeavor, but it could also be, I always use the example, maybe someone wants to be a sculptor or a carpenter. Um, is there something you want to do when, when life affords you the opportunity? Oh, my God. When I was 10 years old, um, I stood in front of the mirror back in my, uh, my hometown village and I was dreaming myself away on thinking if I could be on a big stage in front of many, many people. I achieved that. Uh, really, I achieved so many things, so many, so much stuff that I, I never could dream of. So I'm I'm so satisfied. Yeah. I have two beautiful children. I have a beautiful wife. I have a beautiful home. It's all good. But I don't know. Uh, Sometimes that question doesn't have an answer. I mean, because, you know, um, you've done the things that you had hoped to do, um, which is totally fine. I, I just always like to ask. But, but I... I really want, want to really get Pegas mind up and going again and, and doing big fest, festival shows like we did back in the days. And uh, I'm pretty sure when we put out a new album, there will be interest for the band again. And I, I think things will happen then. So yeah, I'm just relaxed and confident that I can, I can just push the button again and I will be up there again. Yeah. Yeah. I think if, uh, when you get the new um, album rolling, there'll be interest. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and hopefully um, we'll get some people who'll see this uh, and introducing them to your music and um, we can stay in touch on how things are progressing with the Pagan's Mind stuff. Cause that, Absolutely. that's really exciting. Thank you so much for your support, Peter. So, Absolutely. Uh, it was an honor. Yeah. I'm, I'm pleased that we could do this. Thank you for, I know it's late for you. 
or at least later because um, you're in Europe time. So thank you for taking part of your evening with me. Thank you. Thank you.